right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. My name is Caleb, and actually this is going to be the playoff episode for the second week of the college football playoff rankings, and I will be bringing you this information solo tonight as uh, this is a busy night for the entire country, as is the election night. And so a lot of people are busy doing different things, paying attention with that, and I'm kind of keeping up with that as well as I'm doing this. But Craig is delayed, and uh, he just wasn't able to connect. So I will be covering this week's college football playoff coverage for the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Uh, we will. I will just go ahead and jump right into it. I know that sometimes we do intros, but uh, other than uh, simply saying I hope that everyone is able to get out there and vote and that went for a smooth experience uh and you know everyone was able to exercise their right for voting don't really need to get more political than that but uh, i will mention that because i know sometimes it can be kind of crazy i went this morning right away first thing in the morning i was standing in line before they opened because i like to get in and get it done and get it over with and it's still even though I was 16th in line, wound up getting out being the 13th voter where I at my precinct, it still took me 20 minutes to get through because it was just a very slow process. But, you know, it's something being run and operated by the government, so you can't expect everything to be efficient and work perfectly. Anyways, so on to uh, the football talk. Um, as many of you are probably missing out because so much talk has been around the politics. But I will go ahead and uh, jump right on into it. And not a lot of change this week. Nothing too crazy. Uh, just focusing here kind of on top four, top six. Ala Alabama coming in at number one, Clemson number two, Michigan number three, and Washington number four. The first two sitting out are Ohio State at five and Louisville at six, which makes a lot of sense because looking at the long list of teams now, the next one-loss team is West Virginia sitting at 16. So it's a little surprising that they dropped that far. Um, but then Western Michigan is uh, the other undefeated team, but uh, sitting there at 21. And then another one-loss team is Boise State at 22. Everybody else has two losses or more. Uh, other teams of note are Wisconsin sitting at the seventh spot, their two losses just being to number three, Michigan, and number five, Ohio State. And then Penn State moving into the 10 spot with two losses and Nebraska moving all the way down to 19 after getting blown out, of, out by Ohio State last week. So actually make sure that I have my notes here. Uh, it, it's if anyone's been keeping up with what the committee has been trying to say is their criteria for what they're doing and how they're doing. There's a lot of contradiction uh, between last week and this week, considering that they put Texas A&M with one loss uh, ahead of Washington uh, because people are saying, well, why is Ohio State with a better 
Uh, not, not definitely not the better record, but some better wins than Washington. Why are they sitting on the outside with one loss while Washington, uh, with what happened with Texas A&M last week? And as we mentioned before, I don't know where some of these sports writers or uh, media members get this thought of the rankings where they are when they played makes the biggest difference into anything and everything because actually if we look at it uh and hopefully i was able to get all through all this information because here we are uh talking about in the same evening so hopefully got all the numbers right uh but alabama for what it's worth is uh has four wins over college football playoff top 25 teams interestingly enough two of those wins are against 24 lsu and 25 arkansas convenient that they're at the 24 and 25 spot giving alabama i believe the only team in the um, playoff rankings to win against four other ranked teams there might be some bias there and some of that ranking there that lsu and arkansas still find their way to stay in there um, then number two, Clemson has three wins beating number six, Louisville beating number 18 FSU and number nine Auburn. And then Michigan and three spot has beat the number seven team in Wisconsin, the number 12 team, I'm sorry, the number 10 team, Penn state and the number 12 team, Colorado. And the bringing out the tail end of the top four teams, Washington has only beat number 15, Utah. So really kind of when you're looking at those, uh, comparing those, that tends to make sense. But that wasn't, but uh, saying how with, uh, well, Ohio State's done because Ohio State has beaten Wisconsin, which is uh, in the seventh spot, but they've also beat Oklahoma at the eleventh spot. So they have more credible wins, if you want to say, than Washington, but they do have the one loss, but it's to a now top 10 team. Uh, and so there's a lot of argument going on about that. And frankly, I think, I mean, it'll, it'll play itself out, and that's what everybody know, needs to know and realize, and whether they want to say that people are being overrated or disrespected, I think just having the rotation in there of uh, Alabama, Clemson, Michigan, Washington with being undefeated, just, you know, I mean, they're undefeated. That says something within itself. I mean, it's not easy to go undefeated. There's only five teams now. Uh, Western Michigan being the only one on the outside looking in. So really, I think there could be some argument for where those top four teams really land. I mean, I just mentioned to you about the ranked teams that they've been, but really with some of the stuff, I don't know if I have the numbers in front of me, but, you know, I, there is that, and, and don't take this the wrong way, because uh, all of these top four teams are good teams honestly I think it um go can easily go Alabama and then Clemson Michigan kind of on the same level and then Washington just uh 
personal opinion on that one. But then there are some things where you have to wonder if Alabama is just getting credit for past accomplishments. I mean, yes, Saban's a great coach and everything, but it's not always about the coach. Uh, because you look at their performance against LSU, and, and I'll say that I said it about the Michigan-Michigan State game. You know, rivalry games are completely different. You know, never really know how it's going to turn out. But it they didn't really do a whole lot. I mean, honestly, with that game, it could have easily been 3-0 to zero because there were some questionable things that happened there with Alabama's touchdown run that you really wonder if that really should have been called a touchdown or allowed to be a touchdown in the first place. So their performance, especially offensively, was not all that impressive. And let's face it, LSU hasn't been the most credible team. But then again, you can make that comparison to because Michigan only had a nine-point win against Michigan State, and Michigan State has most certainly not been that impressive, not as uh, impressive as LSU has been, considering uh, LSU is sitting with five wins compared to Michigan State's two. But like I said, rivalry game's a little bit different. But it's just kind of, you know, the thing where it just seems like Alabama gets that gets that love. And, and I've kind of gone back and forth with that concept of, Okay, if a team comes in and they were the national championship uh, team from last year, they should come in at number one until someone technically dethrones them. But every year a team changes. So I just think with a lot that's happened over the past few years, several years, that Alabama just gives the nod almost automatically. And with them being undefeated, that's not too surprising. But that's kind of what I will leave with that Um as far as talking with Alabama, again, like I said, there, I, I have my questions with that. I'm not spreading my hate or detest for Alabama. I don't care for them. I don't really like Saban, but I'm not going to be getting into just trying to tear them down for this entire episode. The thing that I will spend more time on that I still really don't understand, I, there's some things with this that I'll understand that and, and I'll kind of mention, but some things just, there are other things then that just don't make any sense at all where some sports media people, individuals, morons more or less, if you want to say it, are dogging Michigan because they didn't play any uh, – they're saying that their schedule is weak even though they are – I and outside of the top four, I'm not sure out of this, but they are one of the few teams. Uh, like I said, Bama has been four of the college football playoff ranked teams, and Michigan and Clemson have beat three. I don't think outside of that anyone has that many wins. I think after that you start getting into the two wins, like Ohio State having been Wisconsin and uh, Oklahoma and things like that. So I. They've accomplished something that most other teams haven't. And, yes, your schedules get made a long time in advance, so you can't really always uh, pick how good your opponents are going to be by the time that you play them. But beating the ranked opponents says something. Uh, The one that I will kind of give a little leniency to is Penn State. I'll kind of go go through some of these. Penn State maybe somebody could kind of dog that one for Michigan a little bit, other than the fact that they won by more than 30 points. But 
Penn State was kind of a shell of itself. I mean, I even said before going into that game that Penn State is a banged up team. Penn State's running back was not 100%. Penn State almost had like no linebackers for that game. So it was a rough show for Penn State in that game. Do I honestly think that if they had everybody with them that it would make much of this? Okay, maybe Michigan would only won by 20 plus points. Um so no, they they still would have won the game in my opinion, but I don't really see how uh some people will say, well Penn State wasn't ranked when Michigan beat them, so it doesn't count as a ranked win. Now, I understand that teams will go up and down throughout the season where they'll play better one week and better the uh worse another week, but that's that's everybody. And to say that you can't count that on their resume, then you can't count things like uh Clemson's win over Auburn. Auburn at the beginning of the season was bad. And people have been questioning Clemson for a while because of their uh, lackluster performances against other teams barely winning at home, going into overtime and things like that. So I don't understand where people are coming in that Penn State, um, just because they're uh, in the top 10 now, doesn't mean anything since Michigan beat them before. And the, the fact that they're home wins for Michigan, I mean, that's going to happen. Everybody has home wins. I mean, yeah, yeah, you can't credit Michigan with uh, many uh, much of anything for big road wins because they haven't had anything with that. But home away, I mean, by the margin of victory that Michigan's been going with, it doesn't really it, – so what? Okay, instead of winning by 30-plus points, like I said, what? It's going to be a pl- 20 – Plus victory, I, I I don't know where people get the get that idea. So, but so there's the question around Penn State. That is the one that I would say there's uh, any little leniency of argument. I'll go to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, when Michigan played them, was itself. I mean, Wisconsin was playing well. Everybody, uh, every team has. Uh, I think actually maybe their kicker was out, but I don't remember them even getting an opportunity to try to kick. Because the only time that they even got close enough to score was when Spate threw an interception. We played them to the fullest ability. It could have easily been a 20-0 to zero win for Michigan. Michigan dominated that game. The only reason Wisconsin really looked like they were in that game was because of that Spate turnover. So I, it just seems like people are... And, of course, I'm not... Uh, I'm going off of the rankings and I'm going off of what I see on the social media. I'm not actually sitting down and watching the shows because some of those people just get on my nerves and I don't follow them on uh, social media anymore because I think it's so annoying. So I'm going off of what the polls say and what I found on the internet from what uh, the sports writers or the analysts are saying. But it just baffles me and I don't even know if some of these people have been watching the games because yeah okay you see the final score 14 to 7 but Michigan dominated that game I mean kind of the deceiving score like the uh 32 to 23 victory for Michigan against MSU you see that you're like wow MSU really kind of hung in there with Michigan well other than the fourth quarter debacle I guess you would say Michigan dominated that game so I don't know what people are getting at with saying that Wisconsin wasn't a legitimate win for them. And 
that argument coming out from people. It's just people with their own agendas. And I know that I'm going to be biased towards Michigan, but just like some of the explanation with this. But uh, there'll, there'll be more stuff that I get to. Just bear with this. It, it, it really kind of uh, surprises me that some people just don't do their research. But um, So then the other team in question is Colorado. And people are downgrading Michigan for it because they said, well, yeah, they lost their starting quarterback. What do you expect for that to happen? Okay, well, Nebraska just lost their starting quarterback when they played Ohio State, and they got demolished. Take that into consideration. No, they didn't. They just completely made Nebraska plummet from, what was it, 10, 9, something like that, to 19 because of that loss. And losing uh, Tommy Armstrong and everything. Here's the thing that people don't... I, I don't know why people don't get this. They're like, yeah, well... Uh, man, what was his name? I've got it here in my notes. If I find it. Yeah, here we go. Uh, Sefau, uh Lufau. If I pronounce it correct. Uh, they're, they're starting quarterback. The uh, mobile quarterback that we have problems with. Uh, they quickly got out to the 21-7 lead. Michigan looked really back, fought back, took the lead into halftime. Lufau was in the game. He may have uh, gone out for a couple plays in the first half. I can't remember. But he was still in the game. Going to the second half, Lufau is in the game for their first two drives. They score. Michigan scores again. Michigan has the lead. Then Lufau gets out of the game. Michigan was still winning that game when they had their starting quarterback. Why does that count for nothing? Why? Why are people making the argument that it was not that big of a deal that Michigan beat Colorado, that it wasn't that impressive, that doesn't really count uh, towards anything on their resume? When they're saying, because uh, their argument is, oh, well, they lost their starting quarterback. Not until the second half, and Michigan had the lead before he was gone. Do your research, pay attention when the player goes out. Michigan had the lead. Michigan was able to win that game. Now, yes, did they, did they go into turmoil after that? Michigan totally take control? Yes. Does that mean if they had Lufau that that was going to make a difference? Who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But just people are not paying attention to these games. So here, I'm not... I guess basically kind of with this uh, episode of breaking down the college football playoff, I'm taking most of this part is going to be taking arguments that people are saying against Michigan that just make no sense to me and me explaining to to you why they're weak arguments. So uh, there there was that part of it. And I mentioned uh, I'm going through some of my notes again. uh, Banged up Penn State. I I can kind of understand how some people are downgrading that. That is what it is. Um, so jump, comparing some of the thing, other things happening in uh, the the top 10, though, like some of these top 10 teams and uh, outside the top 10 now, but Michigan beat Wisconsin at home 14 to 7. Well, I mean, you know, that if you watch the game, it was a great battle. Michigan dominated. They got seven points off of a turnover from Spate, but it was a great battle. It was 
it was tough and it was hard fought. But then people will say that it lacked offense and that it was a weak performance offensively for some of those teams. But then Bama goes out and beats LSU 10-0, to and people freak out about it like, oh, my word, it was the most amazing battle that we've seen in ages ever since they played before in, what was it, 9-6, to 9-3? to It's okay for them to have a performance like that, and it means something more like their stupid catchphrase because it was them playing. No, it's idiotic. It's the same scenario. You had two defensive teams putting everything on the line. It was was a decent, intense game from the parts that I saw of it. There's no difference between the two. It's not – it was a tough game because the defenses were so good. Same scenario for both things, but they're treating it completely different and praising Alabama for it and then downgrading Michigan for it, which is totally outrageous. And now Wisconsin is still sitting in the top 10 at the seventh spot, and LSU has dropped all the way down to the 24 spot because they have three losses now. They don't have that much credit. They don't hold that much weight. So Bama, 10-0 and against... LSU, 24, uh, the number 24 team, and Michigan was able to beat uh, 14-7 against Wisconsin, the number 7 team. That holds more weight. It just doesn't, doesn't register me. Just the stupidity nonsense. So, um, but then you'll look at, uh, I mentioned the stuff between the week one and week two of the college football playoff rankings, the difference between OSU and uh, Texas A&M that just aren't making sense, uh, and how people are making the arguments of, well, it only matters what they're ranked when they play each other. Okay, well, then what happened when Ohio State lost to unranked, at the time, unranked Penn State, and they only dropped, I believe, what was it, four spots? They were number two in the country, and they went to six or something like that? And then Texas A&M lost to unranked Mississippi State. And here we see them at the number eight spot. What is uh, those? Okay, if we're saying that it matters what they're ranked when you play them, then why are LSU just lost to Alabama and plummeted? LSU was ranked. Uh, let me see if I can go back and see what LSU was ranked last week. But, oh, my word. Seriously, the stupidity. I can't believe that I have to actually go through and look at this. LSU was 13th. Then they dropped to 24, losing to the number one team in the country. What they say is the number one team in the country, a team that they're supposed to lose to, they dropped from 13 to 24. 13 to 24. Texas A&M loses to the number one team in, or to the number one team in the country uh, and uh, was sitting at the four, four spot, but then they lose to an unranked team and they drop from four to load, 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 load. From four to eight to an unranked team. Unranked team. Where does that make sense? Where does that make sense? Does any of that make sense? 
And then OSU lost to an unranked team. The only thing, then they're factoring in, oh, well, they have more losses. They have three, three lo- a total of three losses now. We have to take that into effect. Then how the heck did LSU get so, so high up? Uh, it, reasoning does not make sense with these people. But, uh, but then the one argument that just totally, I think, is ludicrous is people talking about weak scheduling. Now, we knew that the college football playoffs were coming for some time, and so everybody's talking about, oh, people should look into beefing up their non-conference schedules to try to help them. And they're say- and some people are saying that Michigan deliberately is making their schedule easy so that they can be in the situation of 9-0. and So, okay, how about we actually look into that and discuss that and then maybe come up with our ideas because okay, Hawaii, yeah, Hawaii's never really been a powerhouse, never really done a whole lot. Fine, that is what it is. UCF, we will get to Colorado. Colorado's good this year. When they got scheduled, however many years ago, I mean, Colorado has not been good for a while. So when they got scheduled, there was no um, foresight with that. It's fortunate for us that Colorado is good. Even if Colorado was not as good as it was, I still think Michigan would be close to where it is. They'd probably be hanging out maybe at the four spot. But they, Michigan would still be up there. But it's kind of worked out in our favor that Colorado is better than they uh, perceived to be at the beginning. So the interesting one, let's look at UCF. And everybody talking about how Michigan is just scheduling easy teams. And I'll be talking about other stuff here, too, coming up. But UCF, they just scheduled easy non-conference teams like Hawaii, UCF, and Colorado. Well, let's look. Back in 2013 is when Michigan scheduled uh, for to play UCF uh, for this year. So 2013. You know what UCF was doing at that time? They were 5-1. and one. Not bad. Not bad for UCF, especially considering that they came off the 2012 season, 10-4. and four. Wow, what? UCF was good at the time when Michigan scheduled them? That's amazing. Wow. And so there's no chance that they might not be that good when Michigan plays them three years later? What? Wow. Never knew that could possibly ever happen. But wait. And so how did UCF actually finish that year in 2013? They finished 12-1, and and they beat number 6 Baylor. So yeah, when Michigan scheduled them, they were actually pretty freaking good. So people can calm down and shut their face about scheduling because that's not too bad. You want to talk about scheduling? You really want to talk about scheduling? Then how about you talk about FCS opponents and scheduling multiple FCS opponents? You want to talk about that? You want to talk about it? I'll wait. If anybody wants to call in, leave a voicemail, let me know. Because that's, I want to know where you can get off that the schedule of Hawaii, UCF, and Colorado for out of conference is weak. But then there are these other schools from other conferences that not only have one, but often two FCS opponents. Anything? I'll, I'll, I'll listen. I'll, I'll hear for it, but I guess when you play in the best conference in the country, you're just better than everybody else anyways, and so it doesn't really matter who you schedule because ESPN says so. So, yeah. 
poop on that stupid schedule argument and everything because they're scheduled from years out. You are no, there's no guarantee how good a team is. You want to say what it would have been like a decade ago scheduling uh, Texas, Texas three years out, and then seeing them crash and burn? Or how about scheduling Michigan when Lloyd Carr was there and then Rich Rod came in? Yeah. Explain that. Okay. Yeah. Crap happens. Shocker. You try sometimes, you don't get it. Hawaii was, yeah, a gimme. You know, you know that nothing really is probably going to come from that. UCF was good at the time. Colorado, always a program that could potentially be good. Compare that to FCS teams. Oh, yeah, and FCS teams that actually hang around other in games against other teams that nobody seems to care about because they still won the game, so they still have an impressive record even though they look like crap on the field. Yeah, so take that and do whatever the heck you want with it. I don't really care. So I know I'm yelling at listeners. I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling about the situation because I really feel like our listeners are feeling the same way about this, but it's just all the stupid sports media. And this, and, you know, most of it's just them wanting to create argument. I mean, for... For crying out loud, do they need 25? They'll, probably they're just doing 25 because the other polls do. But really, is there any point of having 25 other than trying to say, oh, we have more wins against college football playoff top 25 teams? Nothing's going to happen with these last five. You know, there's absolutely no way that they're climbing up. Probably not even the, the last 10 from 16 to 25. I mean, what was it? They said that some of the teams uh, that made the playoffs before were ranked between 10 and 15, but I don't think anything outside of that. So really probably honestly doesn't matter except for them trying to come up with their dumb excuses for who they're picking. Honestly, four, uh, four major conference undefeated teams, four top spots. Wow, that's groundbreaking. No, really it's not. Yeah, you can make arguments where for where teams are. Personally, I think, you know, Alabama at the top, yeah, makes sense. I shared my thoughts about that before. Washington at the fourth spot, yeah, makes sense. Clemson, Michigan could be flip-flopped. So there's argument going back and forth about it, but most of that is because the committee just makes things up as they go along. And so one week it makes sense because this is what they're going by, but then the next week they're going to be going by something completely different. So the main thing that... I'll say week in, week out, is Michigan wins out, none of it's going to make a difference. So, and things are looking pretty good for uh, for some of that. So we'll see kind of how that transpires. Got a little, little into it this week because I just don't understand idiots sometimes. I don't. But, man, I don't know. I might be out of breath now. I feel like that was a 20-minute rant. But, uh, but yeah, so Alabama 1, Clemson 2, Michigan 3, Washington 4. The two on the outside sitting in are Ohio State 5 and Louisville 6. I really don't see a way that Wisconsin can make their way in there unless Alabama completely collapses. Texas A&M can't really work their way. Texas A&M and Auburn really can't work their way in there. I don't think because I think I believe it's the same division. So, and then 
Yeah, the Big 12 is in way out there because their closest one is Oklahoma 11. And, yeah. So that's kind of the way that's looking at. I mean, really, uh, unless teams fall apart, you're looking at one of those six getting in. It's going to be... Yeah, if Washington loses, that's going to turn things pretty interesting because it, unless Oklahoma really turns it around or maybe Oklahoma State does something crazy, it's going to look like there is going to be a conference that gets two teams in this year if Washington loses. Because they have what appears to be, in popular opinion, the weakest argument for being in the top four even though they're undefeated. Um, so unless this would, it would never happen. Western Michigan just dominates everybody from here on out, even though they had the relatively close game for three quarters with whoever they just played. Can't recall. So yeah, you're, you're looking at SEC, ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and Washington is holding on to hopes for Pac-12. I'll really see how the Big 12 gets in, but that's that's where it is. That's where we stand in week two. So that was Real Talk brought to you by our producers. No, we don't really have producers, but so that was me talking impressively. I'm, I'm surprised with myself that I got that into it for th- over 30 minutes, but, uh, but yeah, that's the playoff picture as it stands. And we will see how that progresses. Craig and I will be connecting here to bring you the uh, preview. Well, Craig better be. Craig doesn't. Uh, Craig doesn't come through for the preview episode. I think the uh, producer is going to have to have a uh, meeting with him about some issues. Just saying. So uh, do appreciate you guys tuning in. Hope you guys enjoy some of the uh, playoff uh, picture talk. Just bring you guys more episodes through the week that you can. Uh, tune into uh, highlighting Michigan football. So, and uh, the preview will be coming up for Michigan at Iowa. So, don't want to miss that. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you had a decent election day. Like I said, however that went, not going to get into details for that. But um, if you guys do want to call the voicemail, uh, like I was mentioning before, you can call. Actually, if you want to call, you still have not quite 24 hours. But if you want to call and uh, give your opinions for the Iowa game, predictions or anything like that, you can feel free to do that. There is still time. Or like I said, you guys can call whenever you want. Give your opinions. Give your thoughts. Uh, some of the stuff with the playoffs and everything, uh, if anybody calls about that, I'll include it, uh, probably at the beginning of the next playoff, um, episode and everything like that. You can call the number. It's five, five, one, two, five, eight, three, two, seven, six. Easy way to remember that is five, five, one blue bro, B L U E B R O. So we thank you guys. Check out the website, bluebrothersportscast.com. And the Facebook group, Blue Network, Everything Michigan Football, growing every day. Great conversations on there. 
We have, uh, if you want to stay up on everything with the Blue Network, that's uh, mainly the Blueprint Show and the Blue Brothers Sportscast as of right now. Uh, that's where you will find the most up-to-date stuff. And, well, I uh, hope that the rest of you have a good week uh, up until when we bring you the preview episode and getting ready for some more Michigan football. So we'll finish off with Go Blue!